Welcome in, everybody. This is Too Much Movie Night. Follow along while we go back in time through our favorite movie night movies and see how well they hold up. I'm one of your three co-hosts, Brian. Beside me, I've got JJ. That's one big pile of shit. And Steve. That's one big pile of shit. Together each week, we'll spin our wheel to see which movie we'll be viewing. At the end of the pod, we'll rate our movie on our Too Much Meter. We'll keep track of which movies hold up to be the best movie night movies. Thanks for listening in and give us a follow to keep up with our weekly episodes. You stole my line, JJ! We purposely don't coordinate on that before ahead of time because we love the natural reaction, but damn it, we finally did it. We nailed the same line. Yeah, it finally happened. As many good ones are in this movie. That's right. That was like, I was looking, it was like, that's the only freaking, like, really kind of quotable, I don't know, I mean, it just... What are you talking about? The, oh, we spared no expense, the clever girl. I mean, we got uh, life uh, finds a way. I don't know. But n- none of them that are really good. I didn't, <laughs> that's the best one. <laughs> that That's like the only Jeff Goldblum like, line that you could actually fit into our minuscule time segment right, that you right. give us, Brian, so... Sorry, next time in the intro, we'll it is. at least 15 to 20 seconds on that one. It is Brian's fault, JJ. It oh, is Brian's fault. What about hold on to your butts? I liked that one, too, the Sam Jackson. <laughs> Which I didn't really understand. Yeah, I don't either. It's just Samuel Jackson having fun. Well, welcome in, everybody. You are listening to Too Much Movie Night. We've got JJ, Steve, and Brian here for another great yeah. movie. Doing Jurassic Park. Definitely. I think this was your... No, that's right. This was my movie here. This was my monster movie, if that's what we'll call it. There were some monsters yeah, in here. They were scary. Monster. <laughs> we had a but good These are things that don't this. exist in our everyday life. I would call that a monster here. <laughs> Fair enough. The girl, like Lex, calls them monsters, too. Although she gets corrected. No, they're animals, but... <laughs> but... <laughs> it is hard to think of something like a... Dinosaur being an animal, you think just dinosaur is a subcategory there, but right. Um, right. I was excited for this one, like goosebumps multiple times from this movie. But I was I was excited to come back to it. Uh, what about you guys? Where, where were we all with? Uh, I mean, would it come out in '94? JJ, did you see that in theaters? I don't remember um, that age. I don't really think I do. Kind of a little bit, I guess. But no, I mean, I was I was a wee little lad, so I don't. Uh, I think this was probably one that got rented from, uh, you know, Blockbuster or Silver Screen or whatever the little movie rental place back home was. And, you know, I just remember it was I, I, I was struggling as a child to choose whether I wanted to be a paleontologist when I grew up. Or if I wanted to be a tornado chaser, because I also loved the movie Twister. So Hell yeah. I mean... I feel like geez. this movie did so much good for paleontology, and then we've got the TV series Friends, also in the 90s, and Ross just made it look god-awful. Just no part of paleontology <laughs> yeah. did I want to be a part about that. Uh, but Steve, uh, what about you? What was your first uh, interaction with this film? So, you know, actually, so Brian, this came out like in 93, I want to say like someone opened up like in the summer of 93. That must have been like, that was the summer before my senior year in college. I, I, I honestly don't remember, (laughs) but, but I may have actually gone to the movie theater to see this, not opening weekend, but probably sometime that summer, just because it was such a big 
a big deal at that time, you know? For I sure. mean, everybody wanted to see, you know, Jurassic Park about the big damn dinosaurs and stuff like that. So I think that I, I was probably caught up in in some of the hype of seeing that at, at a movie theater. Nice. Well, you know, I watched nice. I watched the uh, the movies that made us episode about Jurassic Park again. And Ooh, didn't know they had one. And they, they were talking about its opening weekend. Like, they spent $63 million dollars on advertising and marketing for the movie and they spent like 65 million dollars making the movie and opening weekend no other no movie theater opened another movie in theaters because of all the hype about the movie and they made 50 million opening weekend for it That's so wild that's big money man who doesn't love dinosaurs though like no, I mean, yeah, right it's, it's it's an epic feat with dinosaurs like that's just it's Surprised Michael Bay didn't get his hands on this movie and ruin it, you know? Like, this was just awesome. <laughs> More explosions. <laughs> uh, but this uh, was a movie, I don't remember, I mean, obviously the age I was, I wouldn't have seen this in theaters. I know I have seen it in theaters, one of the coming backs, I want to say it was high school or college. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, this was a movie I saw at a younger age. I, I remember loving this as a kid. Who doesn't love dinosaurs? Um, I, I feel like I kind of grew up in that age where... Um, practical effects and computer effects were really switching over so i was very i judged the shit out of movies if their effects weren't good i was not about this but this was one i remember being impressed with as a kid on the rewatch it's been a while since i rewatched it clearly (laughs) yeah but we've seen worse special effects so i will say it wasn't the worst thing that's that's ever been on my screen that's for damn sure I, you know, with some of the special effects, I, I, I appreciated, I, I like some of their 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 uh, animatronics, I guess, if you will, too, plus with, uh, you know, some of their CGI that they had to put in. But uh, you're right, on the rewatch, there was a couple of times where you saw, like, the T-Rex head go, <laughs> like, bouncing, because, like, it just, the robotics just couldn't stop it enough. With <laughs> the hydraulics so, will refill in there. Yeah. So they, they, no, they actually talk about that in, in the Netflix show. Um, oh, really? First off, the guys, um, they were originally going to go with, like, stop motion, and they hired a CGI company that George Lucas owned to add like blur in there to make the stop motion look more realistic and then one of the guys was like he's like fuck it i bet i could actually make this thing look like an actual dinosaur and like make it run and so he went behind his boss's back and like created a t-rex like walking down the like walking down this thing and they were like holy shit that's amazing we're gonna do that so they completely nixed the like 18 months of uh, stop motion stuff that they had already started working on and like started doing stuff. But yeah, then, right, they uh, almost finished the movie when they decided yeah. to scrap it too. Like that's insane. Yeah, they, and like they had the guy that was doing all the stop motion on there, and he was pissed. But um, <laughs> a, but l- with, a little dejected. <laughs> but with the animatronics on like the T Rex head that you were talking about, it's because the skin was made of this like poly foam and. You know, in the scene, it's raining, and so it just sucked up all that water and, like, made it really heavy, so it was, like, starting to fail, and they were like, okay, we got to, like, drain it or dry it off or something because it's going to start. It started bouncing up and down, and it looked like it was about to fall. (laughs) That's freaking great. Yeah, I saw this was uh, in part of the the shooting in Hawaii. I guess that one of the biggest hurricanes that's ever hit Hawaii 
hit during mm-hmm. the filming of this, which caused a lot of the issues. Kind of, I guess they had to scrap a handful of scenes because of you know the weather and all that kind of stuff. But uh, way yeah. more went into the process of this movie than I'm, than I would have guessed. Yeah, and actually, a bunch of the uh, flawlessly like a bunch of the storm shots um, are actually from that hurricane. They were all posted up in the hotel, and Steven Spielberg was like, "Grab a camera, we're gonna go out and get some shots real quick." And it's like, okay, cutting Jesus. corners on the rain budget. Yeah, <laughs> that's, right, right. That's what that's what happened to Newman. I was wondering, right? <laughs> he got caught, <laughs> Newman got caught up in the hurricane. Fuck it. <laughs> oh man. Let's go ahead and hit this trailer so we can bounce into this movie. Yes, sir. There it is. Welcome to Jurassic Park. We've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. The most phenomenal discovery of our time. How'd you do this? becomes the greatest adventure of all time. Can I touch it? Sure. Universal Pictures presents... You feel that? Hold on to your butts. A Steven Spielberg film. Senses are failing all over the park. Yeah, that's nice. Gotta go. An adventure. Look out! can't get Jurassic Park back online. 65 million years in the making. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park begins on the island of Isla Nublar, off the coast of Costa Rica. We meet the billionaire John Hammond, who has created an animal theme park that will feature cloned dinosaurs. Following an accident at the site, lawyer Donald Gennaro orders that the safety of the island be evaluated and certified by a group of experts. Hammond recruits paleontologist Dr. Alan Grant, paleobotanist Dr. Ellie Sattler, and mathematician and chaos theorist Dr. Ian Malcolm to conduct the evaluation. Each of the scientists are shocked to see living dinosaurs. Hammond reveals that his company, InGen, created the dinosaurs through cloning. InGen found the dinosaur's DNA from extracting blood from prehistoric mosquitoes that were trapped in amber. Whenever there was a gap in the DNA string, the scientists use frog DNA to fill in missing genomes. When the scientists ask about the breeding practices of the dinosaurs, Dr. Henry Wu reveals that all the dinosaurs have been bred female. Dr. Malcolm theorizes that eventually, life will find a way around the scientists' restrictions. Woo! Man! And we are... We are 30 minutes into the movie. Yeah. 45 minutes into the movie. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So I want to go back. First of all, this is an unintentional Samuel L. Jackson movie. <laughs> because I completely forgot. I completely fucking forgot that he was in this movie. And then I was like, oh shit, this is a Samuel L. Jackson movie. <laughs> how, how can you forget about his chain smoking? Oh, oh man, I just, I totally, totally forgot that he was in it and then I started watching it again. But <clears throat> one of the things I do want to talk about is um, uh, why, well, I mean, for one thing, um, let me see, why did they go to the mine? What's the lawyer on the fucking raft going to the mine for? Do He's, you mind if I touch the opening scene before we jump to that? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, so we're, we're opening up with this opening scene, and this feels very Spielberg-esque. Um, we've complained, I don't know how many times, guys, like eight times in our, on these movies that we get these long-ass intros, bullshit. Spielberg takes you straight to the action. 
and I loved that. Like right off the bat, you got action sequence, you got the badass, like the the groundskeeper or whatever. Um, I think he needed his own series. He shouldn't have died at the end of this movie. Uh, but just an intense starting scene with all of these safety precautions, and yet the cage doesn't lock in place right when they open up the gate. Like everything else was flawless except that. I was thinking that too. You know, here's what they they're they're willing this damn thing through the jungle like crash, 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 and then they just put it down. Not and they're like, all right, pushing crew, four guys pushing. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Why not just? push it with that big fucking thing that you just carried it through the jungle with, right? Well, Move it up there. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you watch these Jeeps drive down the roads in this place, and you're like, okay, that's not the smoothest ride. And that this forklift that's carrying this giant metal cage is just Bobbing. like, do, 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 live animal inside, no big deal. <laughs> but yeah, then it takes us to, like you said, the, the lawyer going to get the amber. What were y'all's thoughts? I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of the scene. I I didn't understand it. I was like thinking, okay, why is he go? He's on a different island, to a mine. He's just going to a mine to talk to. I guess he wants to go see Hammond, but Hammond's not even there. Because so he's just in the ends Dominican up, Republic there. So like, yeah, what's the connection? Yeah. So he's just going to the amber mine to go fucking like I don't I just don't know. It's like why. Why? Why? I, it, it made no sense to me for him, and then it's, to him to have that that discussion with the mine worker. Even you know, only thing I could think is like it's either a he thought Hammond was there, and so that's where he was gonna go find him, or b you know he's there investigating what all of the investors' money where where it's going. So for sure. He's like, okay, well, obviously we're dumping a shit ton of money into this side of things. Like, I've got to go investigate that as well. That's kind of the only thing I could think of other than, yeah, I like, came to see Hammond. Well, Hammond's not here. Well, where the hell is he? His daughter's getting a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought this was, like, their way of trying to explain to us the whole Amber Mosquito thing. But we get that, like, 20 minutes down the road in the, right. the video tour. So, I, I didn't... And... and Hell, they had to have found multiple of these amber mosquitoes before. If I were these mining assholes, <laughs> price is going up drastically on these amber mosquitoes. I don't care what you find in them, price is jacking the hell up. Because what are these guys probably making? Right. 40 bucks a month for digging yeah, in yeah. these mine shafts? You know Maybe. it. Uh-huh. Maybe. Yeah, these are just, yeah, absolutely throwaway scene in my in my book. And how much amber, how, how much amber has fucking mosquitoes in it? I mean, does, does that fucking that much amber have mosquitoes in it? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> How pissed off when they pull up a mosquito? Oh shit! It's only a hundred years old. I guess it's possible. Is, so yeah, is Amber full of fucking bugs? Is it full of? Is Amber yeah, full of ants, mosquitoes, just shit like that that ever gets captured on trees? So the only Amber I know, she was full of crap. So I don't know. <laughs> Damn it! That's a good one. I like that. One. That's a good one. But I mean, like, and, and how do you know that the mosquito in question? has dinosaur DNA in it. Right. How many mosquitoes have been just a pointless fucking mosquito? That's right. We're going to take this DNA from this mosquito, mix it with a frog, and then out comes something that the world has never seen before. And now this, I guess this is where the fly would make its like, you know, intersection into Jurassic Park where we have this freak creature running around that nobody. Jeff Goldblum should have fought the dinosaurs. See? So at this point, now we find ourselves in Montana and JJ, like you said, the whole archaeologist thing, 
I think this was oddly satisfying before oddly satisfying was a social media thing because I love nothing more than watching these guys with paintbrushes dig out these bones. If that could oh, be yeah. my job, I would do that. The rest of archaeology, no. But yeah, I was like, it was so satisfying seeing these guys just slowly dust them out. I was like, I rewound it only twice. Only twice, but... Oh my god, how oddly boring that would be. It's like, are you kidding no, me? No, it's like a sign of discovery. You're like, oh, I just found something in the dirt, and like, this is so great. Like, that was that would be badass. But right? you could be one of those fucking kids out there, like, sweeping away sand in a, in a play ball, in a playground. That's what it was, this playground sand. Sweeping away that playground. You could find something, but yet that dude's going to get all the credit for it. Because it's his dig, you know. You could fucking find it, but he's getting all the credit. Like, what fucking good is that? But what they do, they then go write a paper, and they have to list you as an author of the paper because you were involved. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, a journal. That's so what actually, I was journals. One of my first memories of this movie, right around the age, like first second grade, but living in Indiana at the time, pretty big backyard. But I remember specifically, we had like a, a garden plot in the backyard at the time. And there was a point in time where I'm in the backyard and I'm digging because, oh my God, it'd be so cool to find bones. Legitimately found bones in the backyard. I'm digging them up. I'm so excited. I've got this bowl full of like these tiny little bones. Like, mom, look what I found. She goes, Brian, those are chicken bones. Get rid of those. That's somebody's KFC shit. Get out of that. It it was chicken bones. These were these tiny little bones. I maybe, maybe 12 inches, 18 inches into the ground. I think I found fucking dinosaurs. And she just took a shit all over that bowl and said, no, Brian, those are chicken bones. Quit playing with that shit. It's probably yeah, the dead dog still... from the previous owner, if we're being <laughs> honest. Right. Yeah, that's what I was but, about to say. <laughs> one of my earliest like disappointments in life, I could remember like, oh, that's, that's somebody's fucking dinner. <laughs> or that's bingo. So this, is a, this is about the size of Fluffy's leg, but you said the cat went to camp. <laughs> so I want to know about the little fat kid who is a heckling him. Right. What is up with that little fat heckler? It's like, doesn't look very scary to me. For one thing, stupid, you're standing way out there. You can't see shit anyway. Doesn't look very scary to me. Looks like a six-foot turkey. (laughs) Who the fuck are you? So I couldn't find anything to confirm it, but evidently, like, the fan theory is that that kid is supposed to be Chris Pratt from the new Jurassic World series. Like, that little moment was supposed to have, like, spurred him to, into wanting to be involved with these dinosaurs and, like, mm. built that, like, in him. Couldn't find anything that confirmed it. Spielberg didn't. But that's where everybody likes to play with the whole connection from one year. I, I would have grabbed a shovel and just... <laughs> <"Dong!"> like, <laughs> <laughs> because then he makes him... He has to go and, like, basically shame the kid, you know? <laughs> Like, Cut you right around the belly yeah. there, fat boy. Yeah. Scar, scar the kid for life. Oh, your intestines are hanging out. Yeah, good luck sleeping tonight, little shit. I was just, because oh, fucking watching him, like, who the fuck is that fat little kid heckling? It never explained anything about it, you know, anything. There was a I couple things that was that was left unexplained from this movie. Well, I, I would have been like, all right, whose kid is this? But yeah. congratulations, you're fired. Get your fat ass kid and get the fuck out. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And didn't like, yeah, why wouldn't mom and dad say, shut up, Timmy? <laughs> you know, yeah. No, they dropped them off in that sandbox. They're coming to pick them up eight hours later. <laughs> hey, you're going to digging camp. <laughs> you're going to digging camp. <laughs> it's like, we had enough of your ass. You're going That's out right. to go fucking dig it. just some summer else. camp for this kid. <laughs> put on, put on like, your most 90s doing? shirt possible, and you're going to go out there to the dig site. <laughs> And get to town. But so then we, we're, you know, we're getting to the point where we're in the helicopter. We're getting the introduction to Jeff Goldblum. 
I found him creepy. Yeah, he's a little fun. He's that. But he was like overly embrace, like a little abrasive there with the way he comes on. Very strong. You could see Alan was not the kind of guy that wanted to chat. I don't know abrasive. I would say aggressive. He's yeah, definitely yeah. a man of aggressiveness. I mean, here's he's a multi-millionaire, if not billionaire, that is doing this thing. You're going out to the park to investigate it, per se. And you're going to, like, you know, squeeze the guy's knee and be like, hoot, hoot, old man, right. what do you think about that? <laughs> I love we get Hammond later on. I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate that guy. Which is well, awesome. I, how did you guys uh, like the... Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say because I I I actually kind of dug it. Yes, he's a creepy. He's kind of a creepy creepy fucker in here. But man, he is like just laying some game down <laughs> the whole time. He is just laying some game on on this chick. Hey, hey, Doctor Sadler, you know, and just and like so you t- you guys dig up dinosaurs, whatever, man. But he was just laying some serious game, which I thought was awesome. It was I mean, the way I he saw it. Oh well, I, I was gonna say my my favorite Jurassic Park movie is. Number two, The Lost World. And, you know, obviously he's the lead role in it. And For so, sure. like, then going back after watching that as a kid, like, he, he doesn't have, like, a huge part in the movie, but he still brings that, like, Jeff Goldblum comedy of, like, you know. That comic relief in these serious situations, for sure. Yeah, like, I'm not here for, like, any of this science bullshit. Like, this is, like... I'm looking at the chaos, obviously, which I, I don't understand that, like how you can be a chaos theorist. But, I mean, apparently that was a thing back in the day. That's chaos what I'm curious. I, I don't know. The, it's like, but it's like, basically, you're just a chaos theorist if you believe everything's fucked. <laughs> right? yeah. Everything's fucked. I told you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're a fucking pessimist, basically. Everything's fucked. We're all fucked. It's all chaos. There's no fucking order. Uh, okay, great. You know, it's like, that's that's basically what it seems like. Uh, but how did you guys like the, the like, little, the ride that they go in? Essentially, like, kind of walking you through, A, telling the guests how they would experience it, but also, you know, explaining some of the science to us. Well, before we get there, I have okay, one cool. other thing. Right, because they're still driving in the gas jeeps, which I found it funny that they kept calling them the gas jeep. Oh, hey, why don't you just take a gas jeep and go out there? Well, no shit, because the other ones are just fucking electric self-driving cars. I'm not gonna get in that, but you know, the jeeps are. Get- but anyway, um, so the cars around the jeep when they see the dinosaur the first time. Now, Ellie is in the passenger seat with a big fucking leaf, and is just amazed. This leaf is the is some kind of variform yeah. leaf that is extinct since the Cretaceous period. Okay, you fucking found DNA from dinosaurs is what made you make dinosaurs. How did you bring a plant back from the fucking past? Also from the Cretaceous period. The, what is they that? They pulled it from the dinosaur stomach DNA that was inside <laughs> the mosquito DNA. No, I was it's, I was thinking about that as well. Like you obviously know this plant first off how did they get this dna i don't know myoglobin to build said plant and then what does she do she's driving by and she's like i'm gonna grab this Rip big ass leaf of, from this extinct one, plant it doesn't I think make it's any one sense of those like they answer the question like wait dinosaurs can't eat modern vegetation you have to bring back their veggies so like that kind of answers that question for you of like all right they're bringing back everything so it works but then they leave that gaping hole of well time out how did you get said vegetation so like yeah. 
I appreciate that they're trying to answer questions for us, but in doing so, you usually leave bigger holes than if you left that smaller one unattended, you know? Right. So Why not just dinosaurs eat fucking modern vegetation? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, fucking I'm, what? I'm thrilled at this point seeing them see dinosaurs. <laughs> Cut out the vegetation. I hadn't even thought of that yet. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you cares? can you can control, like, the dinosaurs can't breed. The dinosaurs, if we, like, you know, release whatever fucking chemical into the air they can't process it so they'll die like you you have so much control over all this it's like all right so you know why not let them eat bales of hay like let's go in and change that the t-rex now likes to eat fucking (laughs) sticks i don't or feed them other dinosaurs shit man (laughs) i say let them loose that's what I used yeah. to do in Breed a bunch of fucking little dinosaurs for them to eat, right? <laughs> That's, yeah. Why the fuck not? Well, Steve, I don't, I guess it's kind of pointless to ask you this question, uh, Steve Jeep Hartman. But, JJ, <laughs> we've got these dope ass Jeeps ha- they had, and then we've got these cool green Ford Explorers. You got to pick one. Which one's your favorite? Okay, so um, there was actually a guy back in my hometown that um, he had a Jeep that he painted like a Ford Explorer from this movie. Right? Right? I mean, it's it's the best of both worlds, I guess. I like the paint job better on the Ford Explorer, I will say, hence the background here for all of our fans watching on YouTube. But I I actually, I don't know. I kind of like the the red and white Jeep. I mean, I I think that's pretty dope. Notice how I went with the color of one and the style of the other? Yeah, yeah. But Steve, I imagine you like the Jeep better. I do like the Jeep. I actually, I want to say like I've seen somebody with that Jeep. With that Jeep, I'm sure there's they're all over the place. But I've seen uh, like around here, there's uh, there's at least one of those Jeeps painted like that. We've got that in a mystery machine floating around Virginia Beach. It's fun <laughs> when you finally spot them. <laughs> and and a uh, Ghostbusters a Ghostbuster vehicle. Seen I've seen that a number of times. Yeah. yeah. See, we had the uh, shagging wagon from Dumb and Dumber running around yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> So y'all just lose automatically because that's the greatest vehicle for any movie ever. Uh, we might have to do a uh, movie vehicle podcast or movie vehicle draft on the Too Much Shenanigans podcast because yeah. I think that could be get really fun. I think it could too. Uh, but yeah, so we, nice plug. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Looking for a little light fun every Monday. Too much shenanigans. Uh, but yeah, so we, we get to the scene now where we're kind of walking us through how all this happens, this little animatronic, you know, this very much Disney World ride. I liked it, though. It answered my questions. It wasn't too long. It wasn't a boring-ass conversation, you know. I liked it. I forgot who they say did the voice of the, the DNA strand, um, but I, I love that guy's voice. He's like, these dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. <laughs> like, I was like, dude, I fucking love that. Like. So that, for what that, I heard, that took me back to my childhood, where I was like, "Oh shit!" As part of their evaluation, the scientists are given a vehicle tour of the island. Hammond sends his two grandchildren, Tim and Lex, along with the group. When a violent tropical storm threatens the island, the tour is cut short, and the cars head back to the main building. Meanwhile, Hammond's lead computer programmer, Dennis Nedry, begins deactivating systems so that he can access the protected frozen dinosaur embryos. Nedry is unsatisfied with the financial compensation that Hammond has given him, so he has decided to supplement his income by stealing and selling the embryos. He steals the embryos, but while he is en route to get to the boat, he crashes his Jeep and ends up being killed by a Dilophosaurus. 
At the same time, the tour cars shut down in front of the T-Rex pen. The T-Rex breaks free of the pen and begins destroying the tour car that Gennaro, Tim, and Lex are in. Gennaro is eaten by the T-Rex, and Malcolm is severely injured when he tries to save the kids. Grant is able to get the kids out of the car, but the trio is forced to retreat into the jungle to get away from the T-Rex. They end up sleeping in a tree to stay away from any dinosaurs. They are awoken by a brachiosaurus eating on the leaves of the tree that they are sleeping in. Which, I didn't remember this. When I saw the runtime at, at two hours, I kind of thought, I was like, shit, did they really have that many pointless scenes in this? Because I didn't rem remember that many large, you know, big plot scenes. But I, this had way more going in it than, uh, than I remembered. There I, were I, a lot of pointless scenes in it. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of pointless scenes, but I think, like, there's a lot of, like, small little snippets that really have a lot of information in it. Absolutely. I thought we got so, a lot of questions answered. I think that, like, in some of those scenes, but, like, I think that they had to do it because of the they were in the book. But, so they had to put something in it in, in the movie, but it didn't really match. And For example, the fucking sick, sick triceratops. They're cruising along. He's, you know, um, uh, Malcolm is fucking hitting on Ellie again, placing the water and rubbing her and pulling her in her hair and shit. And then, and then, um, a lot of Alan you know, was in the car with them. <laughs> right. While that dude's in the car with them. And then he fucking like gets out because he sees this Jeep and hears a murmur. So they go to the Triceratops. This Triceratops is sick. They're checking it out. They're digging. That's when the big pile of shit comes because she's searching through for the, the, the berries. But there's no explanation of the fucking Triceratops at all. Like, mm. why is it sick? Nothing. Just every six weeks, it gets fucking sick. But And she digs through the shit. No lilac berries. And that's it. <laughs> it's like, no explanation. Well, you yeah, gotta quit was... worrying about the sick things that are trying to kill you now. <laughs> Yeah, I very much thought that scene, not necessarily throw it away, because I, I get Michael, right, and he not only wrote the book, but wrote a lot of the script, so I know he was trying to stay true to the book, but that was one of the scenes, like, all right, let's get it going a little bit. I want to see dinosaurs on their feet, not on their back, kind of a thing. That guy but, wasn't exciting. As cool as the Triceratops was. But, I mean, that was, that was like, the real, like, introduction of the animatronics that they they put into the movie so it's like well yeah but i mean i mean they, like like you can watch the interviews with the actors and it was like you know with the cg stuff it's like we're reacting to nothing and actually when they filmed the uh, triceratops scene that was the first time that they had actually seen that mm-hmm and so they like it's a real genuine reaction of being like, "Holy shit!" Like that thing it looks, and I guess feels real. Nobody knows what it really feels like, but I mean, like it looks so real, and it's like breathing and shit like that. Like that's cool. So and I think this is part of the brilliance of the score of this movie, and I think the music helps this movie tremendously. Uh, I mentioned having goosebumps oh, yeah. in this movie. That was part of that. We had a couple of dinosaur revealings where the music just starts kicking up. And that's what I was talking about. Like, the goosebumps just showed up. Might also have been the fact that it was 80 degrees today and I finally had my AC on my house. But <laughs> I had goosebumps through that scene just because it's so, that moment, you could see it on their face. You actually felt like they're seeing dinosaurs for the first time. And it, it was that great feeling, but not as great as seeing that T-Rex fucking, oh, man, that was so much fun. See, the, like, like what, destroy the car and everything? Yeah. Is that? Oh, yeah. 
rip through that fence. Just so rah. that shit was crazy because for one thing, all right, I I was totally I was totally confused by what the fuck was happening because they're stopped there waiting for the T Rex. The goat comes up, shit like that. It's daylight. The goat's there. Fuck it. The goat's like no T Rex is showing up. Then all the power goes out, right? It's dark. They're at the same fucking place because they're looking. Oh, the goat's gone. Oh, where's the goat? And then the lake appears. The T-Rex busts through the fucking thing, destroys shit, right? I love all that. But then, right, here's the, here's the fucked up part. Now, they're escaping the T-Rex and scaling down the fucking wall. <laughs> right? They're scaling down this big fucking 100-foot wall which wasn't there when the T-Rex was fucking busting through the gate and eating the goat. It was all the same level. So where did this big fucking wall come from? I don't know. Right? As they were Another suspended, reality must be suspended here, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, as soon as Alan Grant and him and the girl grabbed that wire or whatever to start scaling down, the moment they did that, they said, fuck the kid. Like, you cannot say oh, yeah, that they had 100%. some escape plan to get him. No, I, we're going to start scaling down here. And hopefully hopefully he gets pushed down in the car, safely hits a tree, and we can... Like, no, he was ditching that boy right off there. Well, <laughs> I, I, like, like, what I want to know is, like, you're scared, so you run to the shithouse and <laughs> sit on the, the toilet. Straw. <laughs> first, first off... Why? Why is like I mean you see a building you're going towards the building I can understand that it's a bathroom, so scared the shit out of them. But first off, they don't want <laughs> you hear Samuel L. Jackson say like Oh, I knew we should have put locks on the cars and shit like that. So why the hell did you build a bathroom? <laughs> oh yeah, outside. That's a good point. Uh, maybe it's, yeah, I don't know. But then all of a sudden, rest stop. Gennaro or whatever is sitting on the toilet. Which, for the longest time, up until actually this viewing, I thought, like, his pants were down at his ankles. It wasn't until I realized that he actually was just wearing shorts and sitting on the toilet that the building somehow explodes around him. <laughs> and the well, don't T-Rexes only... have long arms? Can't they do that? <laughs> In this movie, they do because he reaches over and grabs the fence. You see yeah. the, like, that arm of the T-Rex, like... It's like, wait, that's a fucking... How is he doing that with that little fucking nub? <laughs> he got arms like a T-Rex. But it's, it, it's just amazing that everything in this this building just disappears, blows over, covers up old uh, Ian, and then here's just... Old boy just sitting on the shitter. Just like we're we're gonna get ripped to shreds more than he did on on the comments from the show for destroying a beloved movie here, guys. Oh, <laughs> but here's but here's another thing, right? But fuck Ian Ian is getting fucking chased by this and gets the T Rex doesn't fucking come down on him, which it fucking launches him into the air, right? Now why does the T Rex launch him but fucking chop everybody else? But it's gonna fucking We gotta keep the chaos theorist alive. Uh, we need comment uh, relief here. Uh, we, but, we have so, to make sure he comes back for, you know, movie number two. And four, five, and six. Four, five, six, right. <laughs> yeah. And again, I'm, I'm trying not to bring up holes here. But one thing, so we're in the tree, right? Uh, Alan Grant's going to get the kid out of the tree. 
pulls him out parallel with the vehicle, right? We hear a big crunch like it's about to fall. Weirdly, but I feel like I would just stay there and watch the car fall and then make my way down. But instead, they get underneath that said car and try... I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to put holes in the movie. Love the movie. But, like, it's one of those, like... What were we, yeah, thinking? What were we thinking here? Why are there steering wheels in the fucking self-driving vehicle? Why? Why are there steering wheels? Are they, are they intended for people to fucking take over in case of emergency? I don't think so. Right? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so I don't like, get why they're actually functioning vehicles. If they're on a track, shouldn't it just be a shell of a vehicle that just drag yeah. along? Yes. Why is there a motor save, in this bitch? <laughs> save some, uh, you know, save some work for your your track machine and just like let drive an empty shell. Yeah. And it's obviously connected to something. It's getting power somewhere other than the vehicle because when the power goes out, boom, the shit in the fucking cars go out, which I'm like, and yet okay. They talk about the headlights going off the battery of the car and it shouldn't be doing that. So yeah. The car does work. You would I think, guess. right? I don't know. I was confused by the whole power, by the whole power grid in this movie anyway, because when fucking Hammond is sitting there eating ice cream, because it's all melting, but the ceiling fans were going, and they still had computers and shit on. See, then... I don't think the freezer was melting. I think he was just stating the fact. Yeah, I brought ice cream on the table, and it's melting, so I got to eat it all. <laughs> no, he's like, it was like it was all. But I'm like, okay, that was well, a, now that was a metaphor that he's melting because his <laughs> his money is gone. His money is melting away. <laughs> But I was just like, I was like, man, well, come on. Why is why are, are your refrigerators on the fucking fence grid or something? Why are they on the grid with your computers? What's going on here, bro? You know, somebody wired this shit wrong. It's Newman. It's Newman. <laughs> fucking Newman. It's Newman. Uh, if, if Newman would have survived, Newman. if Newman would have survived, he would have called back and been like, are your refrigerators running? <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, Gotta say the magic word. And I guess now that we brought him up, kind of touch on his scenes one of the most memeable things from this movie is that you know when he's talking to Dotson 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 you know we see that meme everywhere and I think I don't remember ever actually paying attention or listening to that scene as a kid all I remember paying attention to was that Barbasol can how cool that was that it spun out of the bottom it's got these like cooling just some of the tech that we saw in this movie some of like the little inventions we saw were so cool. Something that we see a lot from Spielberg. He, he puts a little bit of effort, I feel like, into these kinds of things. Um, I thought it was hilarious. I was just laughing at, at fucking at, at Newman's reactions to everything. Because he was just like uh, like excited like a little kid seeing a fucking dinosaur. Just like, you know, just fucking just he was as, Newman. He was as, Newman jump, from as yeah. jumpy. Oh, man. Just as jumpy and giddy as he could well, be just, about I, the I money. The fact he, he, sprays that, he sprays that into his hand. He looks at it and just drops it on the pie. That was so funny. I really wish we could have seen the end of that. Like, as we're pulling out of this scene, maybe you see a guy take a bite of it or something. Like, like oh, it was so great little things that I put in there. Um, but, but, man, what a, but what a fucking, like, wreck. His fucking, his desk was just uh, absolute wreck. Everything, everything was just complete chaos with him. Which is the hardest I know, yeah, part. They, be- they should have, like, shown an interaction between Jeff Goldblum and him, like, prior to. I think it would have been like a good like little bit of dialogue if they would have like bumped each other in the hallway and just to like see who says excuse me or you know just just to hear what you know the chaos theorist and Newman have to say to each other. 
Well, it's hard too because I mean I feel like Hammond half of his lines were spare no expense, spare no expense. But Newman's whole issue is he's not getting paid enough. So obviously we don't. He seems to have money issues, maybe gambling debts or something like that. I don't. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that it's he doesn't get paid enough. I think it's the fact that he just gambles all of his money away or spends it all. Greedy some bitch. Stupid shit. But but also but but actually in in the movie they talk about that like he's like hey you bid on this right he's a contractor who bid on a contract for it so it's like I'm paying you what you bid if you have money problems that's your issue bro that I'm is not true, it's not yeah. like I'm not paying you right because you bid on this stuff so I think that that has a lot to do with it too you know um but yeah at this point we're kind of seeing. Uh, Grant and the kids up in the tree. Now, these kids, Grant says in the beginning of the movie when he's dealing with uh, Fat Boy who cuts out his belly, that he, he does not like kids. But this, the little boy looks up to him like he's some sort of dinosaur god. And the little girl's got some sort of infatuation. Like, there's several hand-holding scenes that she has with him. And Oh, yeah, she, like, falls, and he's like, oh, are you okay? And she, like, then just, like, holds his hand, and he's like, you see that look on his face, like, what the fuck? So here, this maybe like that the divorce makes the divorce comment earlier on makes a little bit more sense. Like clearly, these parents probably don't pay a lot of attention. The dad may not pay attention to the kids; so they're looking for some <laughs> sort of father figure. But like you, you feel that there's some sort of reason that they're drawn to this man. Like you know, this he's nothing special. He's a cool guy. He's chill. He's knowledgeable. But like he shows them no special attention. So the fact that they're drawn to him is kind of you know it's an up in the air. Is that like a Spielberg thing? Is that like a, you know, like Disney always kills Maybe off the that dad is something like, like reason why they're drawn to him because maybe he treats us like dad. He ignores us. He doesn't like us. <laughs> oh my God. Well, no, I mean, daddy doesn't want us. I mean, like you kind of hear her make that comment because he's like, all right, I'm going to go get your brother. And she's, she freaks out and she's like, she's like, no, no, you're just going to do what, whatever his name is and like leave us. And he's like, no, oh, I'm coming back. And she's like, Dad said that when he went to go get milk. Like, that's all I could think of. <laughs> she just watched the deleted scenes over here. <laughs> like, that's, I was like waiting for that to just pop up. You know, like, maybe this is like an extended version that I'm watching or something. But no, it never happened. It never happened. <laughs> Oh man! But the funny thing, like when they wake up in the tree, you know, yes, that big fucking brachiosaurus is there, whatever. But I thought it was funny as shit whenever he, um, she fucking gets sneezed on, and they're walking away. Then, and he's like, "Great, now she's never gonna do want to do anything." I was like, I, that is so fucking like almost any girl, like my wife or whatever is like, something bad happens, shit, now we're, we're never going to get to do anything fun. <laughs> so so you actually brought up a valid point though earlier, Steve. How do of they course. know that this Brachiosaurus can eat the trees that are around on this island? They planted all these trees and waited dozens and dozens of years for these trees to fully grow. That tree was so tall, there ain't no way. Hammond's been working on this project for decades. Did you see how old this fuck was? He was an old fellow. <laughs> He's like, dude, I swear to God, the other thing I see was Colonel Sanders. I, don't, I mean, oh, yeah. it was Colonel Sanders the whole time, right? If we did, they probably put that Scottish accent in there on purpose because we didn't want to get some southern jaw from him, you know? <laughs> Out there on his porch with his iced tea, watching his dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Oh, dinosaurs. No accents, too much, too much. So, funny thing, because like... <clears throat> 
you know, Ian Malcolm, he only wore black the whole time. And Hammond, and Hammond only wore white. So I thought that was kind of interesting, too. You know, funny thing, in the book, <clears throat> in the book, Malcolm tells tells something like Ellie or something like that. He only wears black because he doesn't have to think about what, so he doesn't have to think about what he's going to wear. Oh, the Einstein which, approach. <laughs> which mm. the same thing that, like, Seth Brundle says in The Fly about his wardrobe, too. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. that's fucking interesting right there, you know? Yeah. We do get that sh- a few shots of you know Malcolm at this point after he gets saved, where he's got his shirt opened up, he's got that nice little sweat draw on him, he's laying there all studly, not like he's got a tourniquet on his leg, but they were doing that sex appeal on him hard. Like, you know that he like so him and Laura Dern hooked up after this. He must have he must have the, quit on his last wife. They they were him. engaged for two years after this after this show. Oh. That dude he like he, he hooks up with any kind of uh, with co stars. He is <laughs> he funny is dipping the pen in the company ink there. Isn't he? It's funny too in the movie he makes the comment I'm always looking for the future ex Mrs Malcolm like yes. he doesn't care he loves marriage he loves ending it you know. <laughs> but yeah it's so true he hooked up with her was hooked up for two years with her like engaged with her says so funny shit. Good for him, Back at the main building, Hammond sends the park's game warden, Robert Muldoon, to retrieve his grandchildren. Muldoon is joined by Dr. Sattler, and they find the injured Malcolm outside the T-Rex pen. Once they load Malcolm onto their Jeep, the T-Rex appears again and begins pursuing them, which the trio just barely escaped from. The next day, Grant finds some broken dinosaur eggshells while walking through the jungle with the kids. Grant realizes that the dinosaurs have overcome the scientist's manipulation by using some of the amphibian DNA that allows frogs to change sex in a single-sex environment. Yeeks, they should have thought about that. Shortly afterwards, the trio is almost crushed after the dinosaurs are startled by the pursuing T-Rex and they continue on towards the main building. So go ahead and head to TooMuchIndustries.com. Go to the bottom where it says careers. We're looking for a new producer who can read the script as is. <laughs> Damn, that girl loves adding shit in there. <laughs> oh, man, that's so funny. <laughs> so this, okay, the two funny here, right? So Hammond says, the, the I, I like Muldoon. I agree with you. That dude was awesome. And his shotgun, that, that Franchi Spaz 12 shotgun, you know? With his um, little the the stock that flips out, yeah. dude. Oh, it was so, so cool. I don't know if you heard this or not. You probably did, but like Spielberg kept that gun afterwards. No had shit. the whole crew sign it and stuff like oh, that. The whole cast sign it, dumb. and whenever people come to come over to his ranch, he lets them shoot it. So yeah, That's specific. Cool. So he like he kept that shotgun. Apparently, he has some extensive freaking personal gun collection, and that oh, one was sure. added to it. So. I thought, okay, that's pretty badass, you know. But yeah, yeah that's that, awesome. But that shotgun was that that style shotgun was chosen specifically because of its futuristic type look, you know. That's not just a basic pump, but you know, even nowadays kind of, it still looks like a. It look, it's a good looking gun, you know. Yeah. Like, do hate how he's like, he's like, we'll go across the island, and then he like unlocks the fucking little tiny padlock on this like cabinet. And then, like, he just puts one shell in it, and he's like, "Let's go," and like walks off. It's like, it's like you not. That's all you're gonna do is just, just, just one round. Oh, he's confident, man. He's one, one shot, one kill. One shot, one kill. That's it. I, but I, I will say, say this movie. He is he is my favorite character in the movie. Just like 
right before he dies. Shoot her! He yeah. just he right. just he just looks over and he's like, "Clever girl, like I have been outsmarted. It is my time to die." Which is funny because everybody else seems to talk about them being pack hunters, and yet the game warden is not aware that they are pack hunters. I guess right. Yeah, right. The dude that's never even seen one before, but just seen bones, knows about this stuff. And even tells, and then they're looking, but you don't see the ones that come from the side. But the chubby the, kid knows this. The, the little fat kid, right. <laughs> but none of the, but the, yeah, they're right. The people that work with them don't know this, you know? Yeah, he knows that, like, the big one, the big female come in and, like, ate all the other ones and destroyed them and controls them all. But he's not even thinking, he doesn't see that. I just don't know. And it's it's kind of a deal of like that makes you think if you're gonna make dinosaurs, obviously you do have to make a T Rex because that's just cool as shit. But obviously. who whoever like who heard of a Velociraptor before Jurassic Park? Honestly, I'd never had heard of a Velociraptor before Jurassic Park. But and it was a huge hit. The Toronto Raptors became out of it because of you know the our affinity yeah. for Raptors after this yeah. movie. I kind of liked that too. As we kind of progressing through the scene, we find them come on like the dinosaur eggs, realizing that, oh, wow, some frogs can change sex. So they're reproducing. But it, it kind of, it very much seemed like we're setting up sequels at this point in the movie. Two-thirds of the way in, you're kind of seeing, all right, we have places to take this movie without ending us in a weird way, leaving us a cliffhanger, you know. Um, but the dinosaur chasing them, right? Here we go. The dinosaur chasing them in the car. Muldoon fucking driving that Jeep is not going very quickly. I'm like, Jeeps, they take forever to get up to speed. I've been on the highway behind a Jeep. I know how to work. This is a Jeep TJ, too, right there. <laughs> these, are little, these are way underpowered, too. Actually, why that scene was so short and like how they got away so quickly was the CGI team couldn't figure out how to make it look like so realistic like the dinosaur running that fast was like so realistic so they steven spielberg had started filming uh schindler's list while they were also finishing up jurassic park so he was working on that during the day and then working with the other teams during the night and he would video conference in with them over like via satellite and be like look at the scene and be like no, it could be better, or no, that's great whatsoever. You have my approval. And they worked for several weeks on that one scene trying to make it look like the T-Rex was running correctly. And each time he was like, no, it looks fucked up. Like, no, it looks fucked up. Like, keep keep changing it. Keep changing it. Looks like, looks like a toddler running. Right? So finally, finally, the guy that was like, there. the guy that was doing all of the uh, CGI stuff was just like, what if we focused more on the Jeep? Instead of the T-Rex. And then that's how that scene came to life. So, I like, Steve, you talk about how iconic of a scene, too. Like, I've seen this in several other movies. Um, and watching this movie, Alyssa actually pointed out, uh, Toy Story 2, this scene is replicated. Which yeah. also, the, the protagonist in that movie is Nedry. It's uh, um, oh. Newman. Oh, Newman. Newman's Owl Newman. from Owl's Toy Barn. And that's yeah. where this scene is filmed. In Toy Story, the little Jurassic Park scene, which I thought was a fun little, like, you know how it all tied in. But, yeah, this, the objects appear closer than the the shaking water, like, dozens of TV shows and movies. It's just, dozens. it's so iconic. 
Back at the visitor center, Ray Arnold theorizes that they may be able to bypass Nedry's damage if they shut off all the power. Arnold believes that it will reboot all the computer systems. However, once the power is turned off, the breakers are tripped. Arnold goes to reset the breakers, but he is killed by a velociraptor along the way. When Arnold does not immediately return, Muldoon and Sattler go to investigate. Muldoon realizes that the raptors are loose and chooses to distract them while Sadler makes a break for the electrical shed. He makes the ultimate sacrifice because those raptors work together to rip him to shreds. Sadler is able to reset the breakers and finds out that Arnold was killed. She retreats back to the visitor center while being pursued by the raptors. <laughs> so going back to the uh, satisfying feeling of some of these scenes, that whole flipping the switch, clicking the buttons on that she was doing, it was something about like, why is she having to press all these buttons? But something about just that satisfaction of her going over there. It just, it felt so good. Again, I rewound oh, it once or twice. Have you, have that you actually ever... is satisfying type stuff. I agree with that. Have you ever seen a power box that you have to like, I never have, and I've always it's wanted so to. Cool. I'm like, I want to be like, hey, can I power this on? Like, so we buttons. We have some stuff that, that there's some stuff in in a in a, in a in a platform that I've been on where we have to like power shit up, and it's basically like we don't have anything to like crank up to build a charge, but it's like once it's, you know hit this thing, they're like, you know, you can hear shit like kind of. Power up is like get that like that Star is, Wars sound of that like is very fucking satisfying Star. kind of stuff, oh. right? Yeah, when you hear like, all right, let's hit the hit the power on, just like you can fucking just like feel this power generating through this fucking thing. It's like okay, yeah. Why do you think I'm, we're doing awesome. podcasts? So I get to push buttons all day. This is fucking great. It's my favorite part of the job right now. Pushing buttons. <laughs> definitely, definitely satisfying stuff. Yeah, but, no, I, I, but I, I I do love the dialogue where. You know, uh, Hammond is like reading her off the schematics, and Ian's in the background. And he's like, "Just, just follow the big wire." And he's like, "I know how to read schematics." And he's like, "Yeah, but no, just follow the big wire." And then finally, she's like, "No, it dead ends." And he's like, "Do you see the big pipe with the wires in it? Just follow that." And it's like, "Well, no there's shit. several com- there's several comments that Hammond makes that just make him feel outdated, like his whole well." I should go because me and you shouldn't go because you're, and you know, she like shuts him down. Like we'll talk about the sexism there later, but like she does that two or three times in the movie. Like no problem calling guys out. Like shut the fuck, like shut up. I've got this. I'm doing it. Like, and you love that. We, I mean, we've done several movies where we see strong female leads and I loved her in this, like her just ability of fuck it. I don't mind. I'll go. I got my shorts. I don't care if a raptor scratches me up, tears me up. You know? I got my shorts and I'm my going. hiking boots. I'm ready to fuck <laughs> yeah, shit right. up. I mean, she is not. She is not afraid to like dig her hands in shit. <laughs> Except, I love the humility that you see in her face when uh, her and the grounds guy, uh, Muldoon, Game Warden. Muldoon, yeah, when we yeah. when we see her and Muldoon, and all of a sudden he's like, "All right, run." And as soon as she goes to take off, just right to the gut, just takes that huge branch. <laughs> and you can see a little bit of humility on her face. Like, oh, my God, I just fucked up this. And it, But she doesn't care. She hops over it and, like, lunges and swings. But just that instant movement. How many times I've gotten so excited I'm going to quick move and then just bam. Just like, oh, God, I didn't look at everything. Oh, right? I just, oh did anybody see me? Did anybody see me? <laughs> right. Nobody Such an intense good. scene. But... We're going to get a little bit of that. I loved that. I loved it. It would have been hilarious if Muldoon away. was just like, I saw that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to try that I again? Would have, 
I would have lost my shit. <laughs> Sorry, we much. just put that there. <laughs> but it's a good right, before, before we go to the last one, I want to touch on the electric fence. The one that this yes. little boy and probably the girl can fit through several of the holes. I get some of the holes are smaller, but like you look at it, their shoulders can fit through it. I'm just cramming them some bitches through there. But okay, we're going to climb to the top. They are all level on the one side of the fence. And the next thing we see is little boys climbing over the fence, but the other two are already on the ground. So it took him five plus minutes just to go over the top while y'all are... I don't know. It was... Well, he's afraid of heights, and he mentions it several times. Shove him through the hole. I don't like... If I'm afraid of well, heights, no, I'm going to at agree. least try to shove myself through one of those things. Like, he's a tiny little boy. I just love he's the fact that I'd, I'd never, I guess, noticed it before, but whenever they, they do get away from... You know, well, after he gets the shit shocked out of him. <laughs> and, you know, the CPR action, which, I mean, good on Dr. Grant for performing good CPR. I don't don't think that that would be so very great. But he goes, he goes, oh, look, a little toast for Timmy. And, like, sets him down <laughs> on the table. <laughs> I was like, I've never noticed that part before. So I actually saw that they originally, he wasn't doing mouth-to-mouth on him because it's a young boy. They try to eliminate that scene, but they could not get the CPR scene to work right. So, like, they had to get the kids okay for Grant to do CPR on him, and then they finally were able to get the scene to look right when he did it. But I guess originally they did not want mouth to mouth going with the young boy. And the <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't do mouth to mouth with CPR anyway now. Well, back There's, then though, didn't you? Back then you did. Yeah. yeah back yeah. then it was thirty compressions, or was it sixty compressions? <clears throat> Three breaths. Uh, 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 stand alive. Stand alive. Okay, now we're getting into the audience. <laughs> but why, why did he get shocked off of that, off of that line? Because he didn't hold on? Yeah, I didn't get that either. Because, yeah, you got shocked off. You're not just squeezing. Ah! But then what about like, it's like birds on a fucking power line, right? If birds landing on a power line, they're not grounded to anything. He wouldn't have been grounded to anything. Why would he have gotten shocked? Once he touches the ground and he's touching that, he would have gotten shocked. But I don't know. Let's take us to five. As Sadler is making her way over, Grant, Tim, and Lex arrive at the visitor center. They work together to try to reset the computers and reactivate the island's security systems while fighting off the raptors. They are pursued all over the visitor center. Eventually, the raptors are able to corner Sadler, Grant, Tim, and Lex, who are saved at the last minute by the timely arrival of the T-Rex, who kills the last two remaining raptors. The foursome meet Hammond and Malcolm in a jeep in front of the center. Grant announces that he will not endorse the park, which Hammond agrees to. They drive to the helicopter pad and take off from the island. So now we get to probably the most memorable scene of this, the the kitchen scene with the kids and the raptors. The camera work, the reflectiveness of the kitchen, there was so much that they did right in this. I absolutely loved it. The little scene where like she's like trying to get in the oven or whatever, but then you realize it's a reflection at the last. It was so so well shot. And I like so, so much just like the shining. That was exactly straight out of the shining where they, they do that too, you know? And so that that was awesome. I mean I know that they don't necessarily know where they're going. But I was like, that was the one part of the movie that I was like, actually like found myself talking to the, to the screen. 
You know, I, I didn't do it out loud, but I was doing it in my head, and I was like, no, you dumb motherfuckers. You know how many loud shit is in there? Like, don't go in there. Don't don't go into the... Anytime you lean against something, it pops and makes a metal noise. Like, don't do that. And then I was like, wait. Go hide in the walk-in freezer. This is a movie. It's not cold. You got snacks. They're not getting in there, right? That's yeah, true. The ice cream is melting. Like, what are you doing? But very, very fun scene. Absolutely. Like, I remember as a kid, sometimes I didn't want to watch the whole movie. I would watch from the kitchen scene to the end of the movie just because it was so much fun. Watching the raptors, seeing them work together, the fun, like, huh. It's only two raptors unless they figured out how to open doors, and then you see that handles never have handles with dinosaurs. Knobs, people, knobs. No strings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so here's yeah, the, here, well. here's the funny thing. You know, like these raptors, the the velociraptors, you don't even see them until fucking an hour and forty five minutes into the movie. <laughs> like that's it. We only have. 15 minutes of screen time with fucking dinosaurs or in it really, you know, well, like throughout the this whole movie. The main part of the movie, but even He's the, the T-Rex, you don't really have. All right. Even the T-Rex, right. We don't have a whole lot of like screen time in this, but, but it was, uh, I thought it was, it was definitely interesting. They, they made, they did make the time that they have with the T-Rex or with the dinosaurs. They, I think they made it count, which I was very happy with, you know, but I mean, also you hear, like, you hear a little bit about the T-Rex. That's because everybody knows about the T-Rex. But I think they really, like, came in, like, heavy with the information on the Velociraptors just to scare the shit out of you about the Velociraptors. It's like, you know, we're going to talk about it. We may or may not be about it, but we're going to talk about it. And then that's that Steven Spielberg swoop. He comes in and he's like, here's some Velociraptors. They're here to fuck shit up. And they do, 100%. They do. And we're, kids, uh, kids all up in the uh, all up in the ventilation shafts were crawling through there. I did like the dinosaur bone, seeing them jumping from there, like some scary shit. You know, I didn't, like, I didn't the moment, appreciate the, go for it. I didn't appreciate the uh, ventilation scene. I feel like they stole that from uh, Die Hard, and I just didn't you like. You can't that. put people in ventilation shafts. Like they just don't hold that much weight. So I'm not always a huge fan of that that use, but it was yeah. fun. So I did see that actually the original ending they had, I guess some of the fossils that were hanging there fell and killed the Velociraptors that way, and that's how the the movie kind of came to an end. But they kind of looked at it and they wanted the T Rex to be the the quote unquote hero of the movie. So she comes in and does that. Fun- how? Not exactly sure how she gets in this this visitor center. But which I think she just shows I think up. the T Rex is the the hero in almost every of the Jurassic films. Yeah, I, I think re-watch. so, too. I, I mean, watched Jurassic World after this, and yeah, very much Jurassic so. World, it's the hero, the same thing. It's like, well, actually, the T-Rex and the Velociraptors work together in Jurassic World. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it seems like everything, the T-Rex is always the hero. And I was kind of like... I don't know. I'm kind of over that. Like, I want to see... I want to see a brontosaurus fuck shit up. Yeah, exactly. See like, the leaf that, eaters. Get that Let's big get them going. and beat the shit out of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> right, you never see any of them really using the tail. Let's let's get those things moving a little bit. I mean, you, 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 do, in, you do in Lost World whenever uh, you see the... Uh, oh, yeah, 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 the stegosaurus. The stegosaurus. Yeah, stegosaurus. You see that come in and just, like, 
hammer shit down, but that's really the only action you see with tails. I'm a little depressed by that. Outside of Laura Dern, it's really the only tail we see. <laughs> Too there much. You. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... I, the ending it kind of came quick but i liked it, it we we got the resolution cool fight scene you have the fun little comment from alan grant as he hops in the car i will not be endorsing your park sorry buddy and it's kind of come to a close there it's fun we get the music going and there's a like scene good... the scene of the pelicans oh pelicans go pelicans <laughs> <laughs> seems like he was able to figure out how to you know seat belt his uh his seat in the helicopter this time compared to the way in right well, you know, you see that he's like now, like he loves kids. He's he's, oh, he's grown that he's grown that personal attraction towards til- like children, and he wants to, you know, maybe have kids. He shares that look with Ellie, and he's like, "Hey, maybe we could have kids someday. We're already maybe practicing. Some, maybe someday, Ellie. We'll, we'll just take these kids. They don't like their dad." <laughs> He left going to get milk, if you ask JJ. <laughs> I mean, why not try to adopt him? Their granddad's a multi-millionaire. A millionaire, right? <laughs> he owns a couple of islands and some amber mines, if anything else. Well, this is the part of the podcast where you guys have you've stuck around. You listened to our, our take on the movie. Now it's time to give you our score. What we do here at Too Much Movie Night is we give our score on a eight-scale pizza slice. A zero to eight scale to tell us how good these movies really are. Are they a movie night movie that we want to watch? A zero slice movie is going to be... Seven to T-Rex, pick you up out of the jaw and rip you shreds. And a eight slice movie is going to be, well, just seeing dinosaurs. What's cooler than seeing dinosaurs 20 feet in front of you? Uh, But, JJ, Steve, uh, do we have somebody want to go first on this one? I think I'm going to finish it off being my movie. I'll go first. I don't mind. Get it. All right, so... Okay, so Jurassic Park is a fun movie. I liked it. Uh, you know, a nostalgic movie. It helped to set the stage for a lot of, for well, all, all the other fucking Jurassic Park movies that followed it. <laughs> My favorite character is definitely, it is Jeff Goldblum. I liked Ian Malcolm because his, his creepy, his creepy fuckerness, but at the same time, just how cool he is. Um, but this movie, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm a fan of Michael Crichton. I liked a lot of his other movies. I'm a fan of Steven Spielberg. But I, this movie just, it just, I don't know why. It just doesn't do it for me. It's just not necessarily that good of a movie. It is iconic. There's a lot of other stuff that, that I see. And I say it, it is iconic. Uh, you know a lot of the stuff, but there's just so many, so many little little holes in this movie. So many stuff that I was left, I was like fine is like okay i'm just questioning this all the time of like what the hell what the hell what the hell and so with that um like i say good movie uh, a lot of a, a lot of good stuff happening but it gets a four for me it's an average movie right there wowza four slices for this is jurassic park one right yes all right jurassic park four slices for steve an average mm-hmm. movie jj what you got so, for us? So as I said like earlier, like I couldn't decide as a child whether I wanted to be a paleontologist because of this movie or if I wanted to be, you know, a tornado chaser from Twister. I am uh neither. So that shows you how my life went. But either way <laughs> I mean, I grew up 
fascinated by Jurassic Park just because of what this did. The Lost World was amazing to me. Jurassic Park 3 was really shitty, but I still watched it. I mean, overall, I love Jurassic Park. I think about it, you know, like, are the, are the graphics good today? No, not at all. Like, they don't look, the dinosaurs just don't look realistic. Does the technology hold up today? In a way, yeah, it does. I mean, you have the you have the girl talking about, like, I'm a hacker. I'm not a computer nerd. I'm a hacker. And she goes in, and she figures out how to work the system. Although it is shitty, yes, it is. But, I mean, there is a lot of good technology that holds up. I think they could have done it a lot better, but they didn't. But that's what they had to work with back in 1992. Go ahead and say it, Steve. I got nothing. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching your hand like, no, motherfucker, you're about to prove no. me wrong. No, but, no, not at all. I mean, as a 90s baby and like growing up and watching this movie compared to, you know, being 50 years old in 1994 when this movie came out, <clears throat> Steve, <laughs> I mean, I truly, I truly do see this as a great family night movie that like, do I want to watch it every single time I see it on TV? No, but... I, I do get the urge to just, like, let's watch Jurassic Park. And you hear that theme song, and god damn, does that not just get you going? Hell yeah, John Williams, good for you. <laughs> so, I'm going to give it a good, solid, Steve, I will agree with you, though. There are some holes, and now looking back, I have to go back and take some points off, but I give it a solid six and a half slices. Wow. Oh, six and a half, I like it. All right, let me wrap this bad boy up. We got four from Steve, six and a half from JJ, and I'm going to give it, well, you got to hold on. So, <laughs> Steve, you, you've shared a lot of your nostalgic movies growing up. Last Starfighter is one of those ones I know you kind of grew up with. Just you've, you have some love for it. And I think JJ and I are in the same space, both of us being 90s kids. This was probably one of the most iconic movies I remember growing up. Um, wasn't one of the movies I watched over and over. I had a lot of love for comedies, but it's dinosaurs. Not very many people, really, there hasn't been franchises that I can think of that have tried this or even been successful with it. So I loved it. Uh, the score is probably one of my absolute favorite parts of this movie. I'm not a big music person typically, but it takes this movie to an, another level and it gives it, it builds emotion all over the place. Um, Sure, it's got some holes. What movie doesn't? You know, it's it's got some things that, eh, if you really dive into them, sure, it does that. But still, I didn't find myself really distracted watching this movie because of these things. Uh, the characters were awesome. Uh, you know, your, your main two dinosaur nerds were, were fun. Um, Jeff Goldblum was a nice addition to it. Even Hammond didn't necessarily like the character, but you liked what he helped bring into it. Kids, we've seen way worse kid actors, you know, so I really don't have too many complaints as far as what a lot of this movie brought to me. Uh, movie night movie, absolutely. I haven't seen this in a long time, but it was one of those I was afraid to ruin it for myself, not seeing it in 15 years. So uh, with that said, I'm definitely going to give it a higher score than I anticipated, and I think JJ hit it right where it needs to be. I'd love to get it th six and three-quarter slices, but we don't do three-quarter slices here, so uh, I think I'm going to stick with the six and a half because it's a, it's a movie I'm going to watch over and over. I love it. It's fun. It's a uh, it's a movie night movie for me. Fun fact too, um, all of the actors in the movie, 
were Spielberg's. Well, I don't know about Timmy. It didn't really. I didn't really see anything about Timmy. But all of the actors other than Timmy were Spielberg's first choice. Interesting. He said, "I want." I can't remember their their names, but he said, "I want so and so for this part." And they like made the call, and they were like, "A Spielberg movie about dinosaurs? Fuck yeah!" I'm Let's in. do it. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard there were a couple people who turned down like the role. I, I thought that 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 had turned down the role, but like, but like Richard Attenborough like beat out Steven Spielberg for the best director in for like E.T. and then like beat him out for first movie or for, for like the uh, for like the movie for this one or something like that or like beat him out for the best movie. Um, I want to say for this one and then best director for E.T. or something like that. So it was interesting that and then he cast him in this one. So. Well, if we put my six and a half, JJ's six and a half, and Steve's four together, that's going to give us a too much meter score of 5.67. Uh, not too bad. Not too bad of a score. Where's that going to put us in our our meter? Looks like this movie is going to be just short of Tropic Thunder and Whiplash, but it is better than American Made and White Men Can't Jump. And I really liked American Made, but I think Jurassic Park fits uh, fits pretty well in between these movies. Yeah, no, I I fully agree with it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't mind it. Don't mind it at all, despite you giving it four slices, Steve. What <laughs> were we thinking there? <laughs> it's just not as good. It's there's there's like just way too many holes in this. So it's just Sorry, not though. nostalgic enough for you. That's just what it is. You know, you were just missed that age cusp. You like so you guys numbers. give points to nostalgia for your nostalgic movies. Absolutely. If I could give nostalgic <laughs> points to the last Starfighter, I would. I just never saw it. Well, folks, we had so much fun with you. We're so glad you stuck around to the end for us. Follow us along everywhere. Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, if you will. Guys, say adios. Awesome. It has been great. It, it has been great. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Next week, what do we have? 90s movies. Probably another great one. Yes, sir. See you next week. Bye, guys. Peace.